I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the Rebels who are shaping our culture. This week, I bring you our very first ever quarantine edition. It's the first episode in almost five years that was not face-to-face. -face. We're now set up in the home studio doing video chat. Um, I got to tell you, I don't love it. I love sitting uh, in the room with somebody and really digging into their story. It's just not the same over video, over phone, whatever. But like everything else in 2020, we're going to do the best we can. So I'm excited to share this one with you. Um, this one is also part of our Artwork Rebels series that we do in partnership with Gorilla One and my co-host Eddie Donaldson. Uh, if you're not familiar with Eddie and Gorilla One, he's been doing amazing work for 20 plus years, bringing art into corporate environments, into the streets, uh, helping, helping artists from the streets build their businesses. It's great stuff and you should check him out online. And our guest today is David Flores, uh, who I discovered over a decade ago. Well, I didn't discover him. He was he was already doing his thing. But I learned about David uh, over a decade ago through the work that he did for us for Scion. And, um, and David's known around the world for uh, the graphics that he does for skate decks, as well as for his, his beautiful large scale murals. Um, he paints people like Bob Marley, David Bowie, Salvador Dali, Frida Kahlo, Nelson Mandela. The list goes on and on. Dave's stuff is dope. You, you definitely want to check it out. Uh, we, we catch up with Dave in his, in his studio in Ojai, and he talks a little bit about being surrounded by nature and what that does to, to his creativity, to his artistic process. Uh, and we also dig into some of his stories of how he got to be who he is now. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, let's get into it right after our EDM.com track of the week.
to find me Lately put them demons all behind me Take my blood and then remind me Six on me like the devil trying to slime me Way too hard to find me now that was Kev Mo with Demons, the EDM.com track of the week. If you like that one, get over to EDM.com and check out more new music. And let's get into the interview with Dave Flores. Well, what's up, man? I appreciate you making time for this. Thank you. Appreciate for having me on. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love your art. Uh, always have. I think I learned about you from the Cyan stuff that we were doing and uh you know when eddie brought your name up i thought Let, let's talk to this dude all right yes sir. Uh, how do you guys know each other uh eddie uh goes back to about 2011 when i met eddie uh we had a little gallery and we we're just shut the shit back and forth yeah but I've known about Eddie for a real long time through my friend danny boy like he's all oh, you gotta hook up with eddie donaldson and none of that and I heard Eddie's name around for like a long time before I actually met him. For sure. He's yeah. actually he's also famously in a House of Pain video. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie's the center of a lot of things. He's the BGP House of Pain videos. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just shot, shooting the shit at your gallery. I think that was mostly it, huh? And just like. Yeah, we met through Danny Boy. We definitely met through Danny Boy, but I knew who you were before that. Oh, right on. Nice. Well, I'm um, I'm excited to talk about your uh, your journey a little bit and some of what you're up to now. Um, but uh, let me start you off with a random question. You, you remember the first record you ever bought? Uh, it was a CD. It was not a CD. It was a cassette tape. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. What was it? What was it? MC Shan. Oh hell yeah! Wow. The bridge. You remember MC Shan? Yep. And then I was like hell bent on collecting because I was in the collecting. Like whatever I, I got, whatever it was, it was a cassette, Hot Wheels. Whatever it was, I just got in them. I just started collecting them. So I got into collecting hip hop. I'd buy them. I didn't even know like who was who the artist was, and I would just buy them. You just like the they, artwork. Let's say I had a Kangol hat. I go, oh, this the guy. I'd buy him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I just got into the albums and the artwork back in the cassette days. This is like the '80s, I guess. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. People sleep on cassettes, man, because you know the, the sound yeah. wasn't that good or whatever. But you know, just having that. Just yeah. having the cassette, having the little action in your hand, you know what I mean? Going like just getting it. Yeah. Just having it. Having the music. Being sure. part of whatever was was being held in that little like, you know, that little cassette thing that oh, there's the art, the music, there's names in here, the music was everything, you yep. know. So yep. yeah, yep. that's right. And then how'd you get started making art? Uh I've always drawn my okay. whole life. Uh and uh my friends were turning pro skater, you know, like I lived in Santa Barbara and they were, they were turning pro and I wasn't really good enough to be pro or nothing. I hung out with them. They were rippers, all of them. I was kind of good, I guess. I wasn't that good. I was good enough to hang out, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't. And they go, Dave, I'm turning pro. You know, my friend Ricky Higgins, I need a board graphic. And I did one, then I did two, and then I did three, and that's how it all started, skateboarding. Amazing. Yeah. And was there a moment 
when you kind of realized that, that was going to be your career? Or did it just happen like... Mm, there was a moment when I realized it was, it was, it was going to be my career. It was when uh, Clean Skateboards had started up. Mm. This is a little... The first graphics I ever done professionally get paperwork for a company called Shorties, right? <clears throat> rest yeah. in peace, Tony Bulis. He just passed away actually real recently. He did. Rest in peace. Um, and... And I didn't really look at it as a career because it was kind of just doing graphics for my friends, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I went and did, like, not an interview, but I went and, like, hung out with these other guys in L.A. from this company called Clean Skateboards mm. back in the day. And uh, they're like, yeah, can you do some board graphics for us? And I got, yeah, and I got this little advanced check for, like, 400 bucks just to start doing graphics for them. And that was when I realized, like, oh, shit, I'm not going to do this for, like, you know what I mean? For money and for like living and shit, you know? Yeah. I was driving, we rode back to Santa Barbara from LA and I was laying down in the back of a pickup truck in the bed, freezing my balls off of my friend. And we were oh, just shit. like, we got money. Like, it <laughs> was like so much, dude. It was great. I but, mean, that's an amazing feeling, right? Yeah. But that was, that was the day. That was the night I remembered. That was like my first like check. Yeah. Thing, yeah, and was the thinking at that time was it just was it just skate skate graphics or like did you mm -hmm. have this vision of you know everything that you wanted to do? I've always had this like idea in my head that whatever I did it would turn into something more. Mm -hmm. So I was banking on the fact that not the fact but the hope that you know skateboard graphics would lead to some sort of big design job in New York City. I had all these yeah. ideas in my head. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? But it did turn into like, you know, doing paintings of the board graphics and just went to like the fine art realm, you know, okay. kind of like naturally, like it just floated in there. I didn't try or anything. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to that, to just kind of like being in it and seeing where it takes you. Yeah. And sometimes sure. that's hard for us. We want to feel like we have everything planned out or whatever. No, I didn't have nothing planned out. The only thing I had planned, like, it was in my head that this was going to go somewhere regardless of what anyone said or made yeah. me, or how they made me feel. So my plan was just kind of like, am I, it wasn't like a laid out plan. It wasn't like day to day or year to year. It was just like, it's going to work no matter what, you know what I mean? It has to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The flow. The flow on the flow. For sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so looking at your art, now, like, I, I don't know if I would even pick you for, for a skateboard guy. Right. Um, so That was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, maybe talk about that evolution. Was that, you know... This, oh, the style that I do now? Yeah, like, how did how did the style evolve from, from making skate decks I don't know. I just, to, like, started doing it one day. Is that right? I was working, working full-time at Deluxe Skateboards by this time. Okay. I left Santa Barbara and moved to... Um, san francisco and was hired by you know deluxe which is real yeah shorties and not real not shorties it was real thunder spitfire uh you know lucky 40s mm -hmm. all the skateboard companies under that umbrella and so i you know was kind of i was there for about three and a half years and i don't know this style just came to me and i just started doing it i started painting it was real rough looks a little different than it does now it was mostly just lines mm -hmm. but it's essentially still looks the same um, and I just started doing it, dude. And I did a little art show and it just kind of, you know, just kind of just left skateboarding because of that. You know, like leave it. I still use that style in some board graphics once in a while, but 
for the most part, left having to clock in because mm-hmm. of that style of art that I had invented. Sure. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as making that transition, did was there, did like, did somebody help you with that, or you kind of just did it on your own? I think I just kind of did it on my own. Like, uh, I just kind of, I mean, I had my friends who helped me because I put them in the art show with me, like Mark Gonzalez and Tommy mm-hmm. Guerrero, um, Mickey Reyes. These are like big names. Jeremy Fish. These guys are all, you know, huge influences. And I figured if I just put myself with these guys, then then that's who I am. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so. No, that's big. I mean, we talk about that. Yeah. Me, and, me and Eddie talk about all that all the time. Just the importance of crews. Yeah. You so know. my 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 loose plan was just to align myself with the right dudes, basically. You know, I just kind of we got you know, in there. My friend told me once, get in where you fit in, and mm-hmm. I really took that. Yeah, who told you that? Who told you that, Danny? Yeah, I think it, no, it was way earlier than Danny. But someone's like, get in where you fit in, and like you know. It, and I, I just took that to heart. That was like a long ass time ago. This is like the like ninety, probably like ninety. I don't know, two or three, bro. Oh wow, yeah, old school, for sure. How yeah. much do you keep up with with skate culture now? Oh, I do a lot right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they hit me up. The Olympic team hit me up. Okay, uh, they wanted to do a, a group photo in front of one of my murals so. for the Olympics. Um, for the team, uh, I think they're still doing that. I'm not. I'm not. I heard about it, and I haven't heard, seen much from it yet. But mm-hmm. you know, I think that's usually how it goes. You feel you like? Um, I mean, you know, being in the Olympics is is amazing for the sport. Um, you, you feel like the culture has lost anything? You know, as it becomes more mainstream, or is it? Or, or like, how does all that fit together? I don't think it loses anything because there's always going to be that the street the street kids in skateboarding. You know what yeah. I mean? You're going to have the Olympic team, but you're never going to get rid of the fucking neighborhood skateboarders. I mean, you know what I mean? Sure. And all gathering around the Seven Eleven and like all fucking on, just doing the same shit we've always done all these years. You know, I've seen it. I see it firsthand all the time. I just think it's just splintering into different aspects, but it's not changing anything. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I just. You know, like the Olympics, then you got X Games, and you got Street League, and you got like all these other like pro contests who offer these huge amounts of money. And pros like Nigel are, you know, they're like got big mansions and cars, and he rips. He deserves all that shit. You sure. know, like, sure. you know, like it just it's just changed. It's just evolving. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it stays to its to its true roots because it's, it has to. That's that's where. That's where Nigel came from was the streets. And you know what I mean? It's like it, it has to come from the streets. So it's always going to maintain that street aspect for sure. Hey, for those of you who listen to Rebel Radio on the regular, you've heard me talk about the Amp Music Summit. Uh, in, with with two partners, we, we created the, uh, the Amp Music Summit, a virtual music industry conference earlier in May. It was free. It was people talking about how they are innovating, pivoting, experimenting, trying new things in the face of COVID to try to move the industry forward. As of now, we have all of the videos. There's 19 talks in total. 
available on our website. You can watch them at your convenience. It's ampmusicsummit.com slash videos. Uh, get over there now and let us know what you think about all that. Let's go back to the interview now. So, so for you guys that operate in a, in a street art mm-hmm. medium, you know, what does that mean when people aren't going out mm-hmm. and seeing art? They're not, you know, too soon to tell. Yeah. We'll see, man. I think, I don't think nothing, I don't think anything's going to change to be honest with you. Okay. I think people are going to be like, oh, they'll be like, oh, it's contained. Oh, it's con- more contained. And then, oh, it's safe to go back. You know, they're back in back in China where it originated. They're yeah. back in they're back in business. Yeah, right they're now. back in business. Or they're, 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 they're on the streets, up. walk around with their umbrellas. Everyone's got face masks on, but nothing's closed down. None right. of the stores aren't closed down. Yeah. You know, we're in the early stages, and I, I, and I know we have to contain it and keep it, you know, uh, keep it away, like, spreading, like, all the fucking over the place, but... I mean, it's good. we got this, dude. We got this for as far as like if it's a real threat and like and like containing it and, and managing it, we got this. As far as a country, you know what I mean. We're like advanced country. We're just everyone's kind of far apart from each other here. I'm way out in the fucking country right now. I'm like literally an hour from Los Angeles. You live in you're in Ohio. Ohio, yeah. Okay. You know so, Ohio? Yeah, I, I'm. I know that I know Ohio Valley in. Yeah, man, that's my spot. Beautiful you guys, we should go hang out there or something. Oh yeah, get a massage. <laughs> get a massage, drink beer, fucking play a round of golf. I'm down for that. Where's the what, deer um, lodge? What's up with Deer Lodge? Oh, that's my my homegirl owns that dude, Steve Edelson. Oh, is that right? Yeah, you know Steve Edelson, right, Josh? I did my first club in his building. Yeah, me too. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Glam Slam. I lost a lot of money. I did Dragonfly. Oh yeah, I should have started small. I mean, not the Dragonfly was small; it was a dope spot. But, uh, we try to do too much. Story of my life. Um, try to do too much. <laughs> what? So uh, too many people. What about being out there in nature? Does that does that affect your art at all? It's like uh, uh, I don't know. I feel it's like harder to get to out here. Mm like harder to sit down and paint because I don't know. It's so beautiful. I want to go fucking hike and like go around my bike. (laughs) I got a daughter now. She's like a year and a half. So like, you know, playing with her a lot is taking a lot of, taking a bite out of doing a lot of paintings, but of course, I mean, my shit's all lined up for the year. So I know what I got to do and where I got to be at, at what time, you know? So in between those, those big projects, you know, like I like to do paintings but right now I'm just hanging out with my daughter and just enjoying nature. It's kind of a little harder to get to it. I feel like out here because I don't know. You wake up, it's like start something like oh shit. And sometimes we have an acre out here, right? Oh wow! And my studio is five thousand square feet. So there's always fucking. It's another. That might be a bad thing actually. It's always something to do around here. You know what I mean? Right. Like the other day, it was raining like cats and dogs, dude, and the fucking water just started pouring in through the oh, back yeah. of the building. Crazy. So we're so we're like, fuck, man, we got to fucking get this shit out of here. So it was like three hours of fucking, you know, fixing that fucking mess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Filling up the hole and doing all kinds of shit. So can you see it in the art when, you know, you know, obviously your art is a reflection of you, right? So 
you know, you have a daughter, you, you're out in, out in the country. Like, can you see the impact of that on, on the work? Yeah. It's cleaner. Is that right? My art is cleaner because I'm taking, like my paintings are like how I want them to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're cleaner, they're tired. I think because I could take my time with it. There's like, I feel like when you slow down, like you slow everything down. You know what I mean? Sure. Because I, I still have my house downtown. So oh, okay. I'm still back and forth. And I could just, you know, as soon as we come out to Ohio and, and post up, it's like, it's like, I don't know. It just, everything just gets a little finer, a little slower. So yeah. I'm always feel like I'm rushing my paintings in LA. And when I'm here, I feel like it just, I'll walk away from it for a few days. Just, you know, walk back just to do one little line. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So That's funny. Yeah, I'll, I'm. I'll, you know, I can notice that when I go. I always think if I go on vacation, if I'm on the beach or you know up in the mountains, like I'm gonna get creatively inspired. To me, it's kind of the other way. It's mm-hmm. like I got to be in it, you know, on the grind, hearing you know, hearing the city, yeah. and all that. And that's like what is it, what inspires my ideas. I think I get inspired by the city, and then I come out here and execute them. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good balance. So, um, you're, you're known for painting a lot of, uh, you know, famous people. You had the icon series, mm-hmm. you know, Bob Marley, Beethoven, you know, these, these legends, how, how do you decide what's that, what's that creative process? Like, as far as deciding who you want to paint, sometimes it has to do with just a client commission. Yeah. Like, Hey, will you sure. paint Bob Marley on my building? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah, I'll do that. It could, that could like sometimes it works out just great like that. And yeah. and as far as me choosing, it's just what I'm feeling at the time, how I, how what I'm listening to, what I'm grooving with, what like you know what I mean? What makes sense for me to paint? I, I feel yeah. yeah. You find it if listening to certain music that impacts your art. I think so. Equally as many people that I've done portraits of are other artists. Sure, like like you know. Just Andy Warhol, just all the ba- all the basics, you know, like Jean Michel Basquiat and Frida mm-hmm. Kahlo and Diego Rivera, all these other artists. Like, because I'm feeling inspired by them at the time, so I go, "Hey, I'll do do their portrait, kind of to pay homage, kind of thing." It's never any. It doesn't. It doesn't get any deeper than that with me, you know. It's like it looks dope. Yeah. I like it. Paint it. Done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I like that. No, no need to overthink it. Mm-mm. What, uh, Eddie, you want to talk about the Aqueduct project? Talk about that. Aqueduct Racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. You cutting out? Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you now. How was painting Aqueduct? It was was miserable, but I loved loved the job because it was the Aqueduct, and, you know, that's the track where, um, um, Secretariat debuted and retired at that track. Right? Oh wow! Most winning horse horse of all time, and that's the horse we painted with this jockey. I forget his name. I know it wasn't David Flores, but there's a famous horse jockey named David Flores. But he's not the one who rode Secretariat. Yeah, but he was. He was at the Aqueduct, though. So why why was it miserable? It was cold. Mm. I, we I had the flu basically. Or some sort of version of that, and then I gave it to Olivia, and she was, she had it, and so we had, and that was like on our second day we came down with that shit. So we had to paint 
for in the freezing rain and wind for like seven days, like just with the basically was just the flu, mm-hmm. you know? Damn. Yeah. And we like stayed in this little hotel, like right down from there in this little motel six. And we get up at 7 a.m. and like just drag our feet <laughs> <laughs> to the aqueduct. Like we're here. Like get up on the, on the boom, just start painting. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. And that, that's, that scale of painting is so big that you don't, you don't really feel like you're painting something because you're painting these giant blue patches, mm-hmm. giant gray patch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's so such a big piece that you don't really see it until you walk away from stand stand across the fucking parking lot from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What is it about? I mean, you, you know, a lot of your pieces are huge. Yeah. Um, I was checking out the the helping hand piece in Portland, mm-hmm. which is uh, I, I love that. Um, and I think sometimes it's like the scale of it. Just you know, it it impacts you more. Hmm. Um. What is it about that to you that, that makes you want to do the really large format stuff? Probably ego, bro. <laughs> probably just okay. want it to be seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's probably it. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't thought about it. Mm. I just take, I just accept the challenge. Basically, if someone says, Hey, we have an eight story building in Portland, you want to come paint it? All right. Shit. And then, and then we figure out how to do it once we get there kind of thing you know what i mean yeah yeah how to do it what do you mean in terms of like lifts and and all that stuff well that stuff's usually set up beforehand but i'm talking about like the approach like we're gonna project it how we're gonna how we're gonna go from top to bottom or we're gonna go from you know what i mean like just how to do it yeah what's the what's the like because i know when other people paint they have their like Almost like their recipe, like their, you know what I mean? Like they'll use stencils and it'll just be like a whole team goes up and goes and prints it out and then they're done, right? Okay. This shit is like different. It's like we got to like project it, go up on a fuck, do the whole thing, project first, right? Mm-hmm. First, first the whole thing gets black spray paint lines. So I already, on the first night, I already touched the whole wall mm-hmm. on the first night. You know what I mean? And then we got to go back up and just come down with all the color, like a printing machine, you know what I mean? And then it's like, then come down with the fill. So basically, I touched the wall like three times in the same spots throughout the whole piece, three or four times. <clears throat> and sometimes, you know, sometimes it's you start at the bottom, sometimes you start at the middle and go out, sometimes top to bottom. It just all depends, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do the background first. Sometimes the building will already be painted the background color you want to use. You don't have to fuck with that. You know what I mean? Right. Like that building was painted that gray that okay. I used for the background. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And if I can do that, I will. Yeah, it makes it easier, right? Yeah. Why? Why roll an extra like whole layer of paint? You know, just use the existing color into your into your design. Yeah. So are you at a point like is? I imagine like work just comes to you. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, was there a moment when that kind of tipped when you were like chasing things or were you ever chasing things? Uh, I think the moment, I think the time when I moved to LA, mm. when I first moved to LA to like be there was like kind of the time of chasing. You know what I mean? Like we're going to start doing murals. We're gonna, whatever we do now, it was the time, it was during the recession. Remember that? 2008? Yeah, yeah of course. I was like, whatever we build in this recession from the ground up is 
when we get out of this recession, it's going to be huge. It's going to be big and it's going to last for a long time. So we build it when we're down here on the ground. And you know what I mean? And I felt like everyone was kind of chasing into that time. You know what I mean? And so I said, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to go and we're going to take my work, even existing stuff I've already done. We're just going to put it up big everywhere. And that's what we did. Amazing. Yeah. Um, it was a conscious decision to like, to go big. Sure. Yeah. Um, and is that what, I don't, I, I assume you talk to young artists mm -hmm. kind of starting out. Is that, is that the kind of advice you give them is to like, I tell them to just make as make so much shit you can't be ignored. Mm. That's my little go-to line for them right there. As I say, I hey, that. make so much art that you can't be ignored. Whether it's music, if it's paintings, if it's murals, whatever you're into, make so much of it that you can't be ignored. Someone's gonna hear it at some point. If it's good, you're gonna be hitting. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's great advice. You don't even have to be good as long mm. as you have a lot. You know, what's that one sign? The work sells itself if you have enough of it. You know, mm. like take it to heart it really does yeah yeah i mean i think sometimes people get too caught up they get you know they get afraid that their stuff's not good enough or they're not ready or whatever yeah or they're trying to like launch some like big thing and like it's in their head that people give a shit like you know what i mean right. yeah i know people like that yeah absolutely <laughs> seems like we lost eddie oh um, is he going he'll come back i'm sure all right um and then what about collab? I know you collaborate with a lot of brands. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I saw your G-Shock and the, the Swarovski dogs. Yeah. Um, what, what are the brands that you think are doing the best job uh, making a contribution to art? Whoever, whatever brands pay the most money. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did a collaboration with Lee Ning, and I got canceled right. for that because I did a portrait of a Chinese, uh, a Chinese uh, Hong Kong protester. Oh shit! Yeah, and I posted it, and yeah. uh, and it was just a portrait. There's the gas mask. It's up on my Instagram right now. You can see it. And I had a two hundred fifty thousand dollar deal with Lee Ning, and they canceled the whole thing. Right, man, and that, that's fine because they paid me like half of it out, and I was like kind of bummed. But at the same time, I was like, man, if they don't understand the fucking art, then fuck them. I don't care. You know what I mean? Right. I wasn't trying to make some like point. I was just saying, yo, this is what's going on in the world today. You know, sure. that's it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, art and politics and and uh, you know, commerce and those things always crash into each other, right? Yeah. Uh, and they heard they caught wind of it. Yeah. They caught wind of it. They saw it on my Instagram, and they like had some big internal. I didn't know about this till like the next day, and they're like they had some big meeting about it, and they asked me to take it down, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna take it down. I I don't understand like what's the what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm. I didn't promote it. I didn't go against it. I just here's here's an image. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. And and they they just. Dude, they're just controlled by fear over there, man. Every single one of those people at that leaning uh, office was just fucking petrified because yeah, I was their yeah. new artist, and I was like citing, citing. I was on Hong Kong side during the whole, you know, Hong Kong demonstrations. Sure. And so they canceled it, 
we did a whole series and they canceled they canceled the second series of stuff we we're gonna do we already had a whole year's worth of shit come out mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it was a second year that was like you know, oh we're gonna move into shoes and we're gonna move into backpacks and all this other stuff and all right. this like streetwear shit i wasn't even sure i wanted to do that to be honest with you mm-hmm. so when it got canceled i was kind of like a little relieved i was like okay good because <laughs> i don't this is a Chinese contract, dude. They're, you know what right. I mean? They don't always fucking stand by the contracts. That's mm. all. Are there you know, other I, brands that you think really, really get the culture? And are, I mean, obviously, you come from Skate World where those brands, they live yeah. in it. I think a lot of brands are just stepping up to the plate right now. Yeah. And, like, you know, like a lot. Like, Futura is doing something with BMW right now. Like, <clears throat> car brands, auto manufacturers, like clothing mm-hmm. line, you know, high end, like Louis Vuitton is always, you know, they're always pushing the envelope as far as like collaborating with artists, you know? Yeah. Like they're kind of like one of the first big fashion brands I saw doing like, you know, Murakami and all this other like labeled stuff. And, sure. And, uh, you know, I think companies like that are helping to promoted they're doing pretty they're doing pretty good with it but all kinds like nike does a real they've hired me a bunch you know yeah, what i mean like, sure. all kinds of different brands this just depends you know it just yeah. even with small companies you know everyone's just kind of on board right now with the whole art thing and it just it really helps the artists a lot it really does yeah i mean i think it helps it helps the culture too right because mm-hmm. you know we don't want to buy shit we want to buy shit from the people that we know and love and you know mm-hmm. we, want, we want art in our lo- in our lives every day yeah, it's crazy because I feel like with the internet now, like everyone knows everyone now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everyone knows what everyone's doing, and, every, and and it's like I don't know. It's just it's just everyone everyone's kind of connected, and it's being kind of discover people and artists a lot easier now than it used to be able to. You know, and Absolutely. even get to know people. I just shoot my shot with Damien Hurst. I just throw a fucking thing in his DM. I'm like, dude, I love these new paintings you're doing them. And he hit me back. You know, nice. like, dude, I'm talking to Damien Hurst, like, on DM. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's even amazing. Though just, even though it's just a little DM, like, chit-chat, it's still. Still. How was you able to talk to Damien Hurst back in the day? You couldn't. Or Never. fucking, it's like talking to Pablo Picasso. You know right. what I mean? Like, you can't. You know what I mean? Like, back in the day, you were far away. You couldn't meet that motherfucker. You yeah. had to, like, nah, make, a, make an appointment and shit. You had to be someone. For now sure. it's just like, hey, the DMs got me in there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I do it, too. I You know, I hit people up all the time. It's like, you want to know each other? You know, Dude, I, I DM with the wildest people. Patty Hurst, you know, Patricia Hurst. Is that right? Yeah, like her, oh, like shit. fucking Wayne Brady. Me and Wayne Brady fucking what, talk shit all the time. What are you and Patty Hurst talking about? She's a she shows French bulldogs. Okay, so mo- mainly about French bulldogs and dogs and uh-huh. my baby, my daughter. She loves my daughter and just nice. I'm afraid to bring up anything with her. Like, hey man, tell me about <laughs> the days when you robbed a bank. Like, I'm like, a, <laughs> I don't want to like scare her away. I guess you know. What yeah, I mean? sure. She By might being be too to, curious. I think it's kind of she keep might be it trying to leave her past in the past. Yeah, like if we keep it on the surface with just things that are going now, now I think we can, you know, cultivate a beautiful friendship. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what are you what are you most excited about next? What are you working on? Um, man, I'm doing a big mural for a really big company in La Jolla. Uh, no, not La Jolla, Irvine. In the next couple months, it's a really big. It's a really big deal because it's going to be the biggest mural I've done so far. Oh, cool. 
probably one of the biggest companies too, as far as like financially is concerned. Nice. And uh, uh, got the studio we're building. We're building a house in the back. We're building a gallery in the back. Like just just busy around here, you know. Dope. Yeah. Are the bikes? Is that a business or that's for you? This is just my like my man cave kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's just like a, a container, you know, sure. a shipping container. Oh, that's cool. And I just turned it into a bike shop, basically. But it's just, it's not really, but nothing's for sale. You're not selling bikes. Like, nah, it just looks like a bike shop, but it's a, it's like my bar, my hangout, that's cool. my breakfast spot. You go ride, <laughs> you, you ride in the mountains up there? Yeah. Which I did a ride yesterday at Point Magoo. Oh, Got nice. a little sand out there. It was fun. Yeah. Trails are so nice right now, nice and tacky. Yeah. Just they like clay. The tires just wrap right yeah, on the yeah, brakes. Wrap, yeah. just holding on. It's fun. I like going fast. That's cool. Love it. Yeah, love it. All right, I gotta I do a little lightning round before I let you. Uh, uh, okay. Get on with your day. Um, what's your favorite city to travel to? Tokyo, Japan. Yeah, I love it there. You mm -hmm. paint there? Yeah, I painted Parker Museum. Oh, cool. Two thousand fourteen. Painted the whole outside. Nice. It was during uh it was during uh what's called Golden Week when everyone gets all fucked up, mm. drunk. So we painted these Smurf death heads that were just all fucking drunk all over the place. It was fun. That's so that's <laughs> Yeah, I mean that city is it's like bursting with art and just creativity, right? All the time. That's right. That's where most of my inspiration came from. And I've never been more accepted than I have in that damn city, you know. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um I don't know if you're if you're a reader. What's what's the last great book you read? I don't read, dude. Okay. You paint. I paint. <laughs> um, I what? can't even. When you say what's the last book you read, I can't even. <laughs> Is that oh, right? Children's books. I read a shitload of those. Oh now. yeah, of course. <laughs> what's one what's i mean that's actually good because a lot of us have kids what's one mm -hmm. that uh that you actually can enjoy reading oh there's one there's these little um i forgot the name of them but they're like they're 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 artists lives like frida Kahlo, Pablo oh Gazzo, yeah 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 kind of condensed down into children's stories you know what i mean real simple those we had a couple those of those stuff. when my son was young yeah mm -hmm. yeah the life of frida the life of pablo that's right yeah, mm -hmm. I remember we had the Obama one. They had like different the life of Obama. Yeah, yeah. Um, what uh, what movie have you seen the most in your life? Point Break. Oh shit! The original Pat Pat Patrick Swayze. Yeah, nah, when good. they're fucking robbing the banks and shit in masks. It's a good movie. Yeah. If you could wake up tomorrow, having gained any quality or ability, what would it be? Probably to be in like really good shape. Okay. Um, and last one, if I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Let's take a smoke break, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a smoke break. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, dude, Dave Flores, I appreciate you, man. Uh, it's great talking to you. Thank you. Definitely. Um, let me know when you're down in L.A. Or uh, right. we had to get up to Ohio and, and uh, hit some golf balls for sure. When you're up here, please give me a call, man. My studio is open. I, and, and that's what it's for. It's going to be a huge art gallery, art studio. And when people come to Ohio, this could be a, an option. Just come by and check out the studio. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to show different artists here, all kinds of shit. 
Dope. Well, everybody, make sure you check out Dave Flores' art. Is that right? On Instagram? Yep. yep. And Dave uh, Flores' art. DaveFloresArt.com. And um, yeah, that's it. Nice. We'll, we'll be watching for what's next. Appreciate it. Thanks, you, man. Peace. Bye. Yeah, that was David Flores and Eddie Donaldson on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Tell us what you think. Hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook. On uh, You can shoot me a note on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram, whatever you like. Pretty much everything is at Rebel Radio Net. That's Rebel Radio Net. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace. <laughs>